Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network, so definitely check out some of their great work. Today we have with us Lauren, and we are going to be chatting about starting with gamification in a middle school math class. Pretty jazzed to do it. This is season four, episode 27, so if any of you want to comment on this you can see it on our youtube channel so definitely check that out all right lauren can you introduce yourself give us a little brief bio sure i'm lauren um i'm originally from minnesota i'm currently teaching sixth grade math down in the southeastern part of alabama so big change big change um yeah um i'm a first year teacher so trying my hand at really everything new so that's awesome that is Super awesome. I got to tell you, just to let you know that up here in Wisconsin, it is cold now. Like it, it's happened. Like in, in case you're missing that, it, it has turned cold. Like you got to. Oh, gotta, yeah. The colors. I miss the changing of the colors for sure. Yeah, but I like, are you going to miss the winter? That's the no. question. No. no. Just flat out no. no. Around Christmas, yes. But otherwise, no. Otherwise, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So. First, let's just start off. How's your year going? Um, it started off going well. Um, it wasn't exactly what I was wanting it, how I was wanting it to go. Um, I promised the kids a couple weeks into school that I was going to change the system around. We weren't going to teach direct. I wasn't going to teach, I guess, directly from the curriculum book. I would still use it, but we would use it in a different way and they'd be excited about it and kind of pique their interest there. And then I decided, you know what, like, I have to make this year a better year for all of these kids. How am I going to do that? And in my student teaching placement, I was introduced to gamification in a second grade classroom of 48. And so I know the system works, I've seen it in action, and I decided why not give it a shot. And so I did and piqued their interest a little bit more by getting students ideas and things like that, and then rolled it out from there. And I went from having a pretty okay start to my year to, loving every second of every day, coming home excited to share, you know, what I did and how things went and students' reaction to that day's lesson. Um, so it's been a huge shift since I've started for That's, both me and the kids. I like that. That last point is huge, that it's a, a huge shift for you and the kids. Yeah. And I definitely am a person who believes we should be, you know, student-centered, student-focused. But sometimes if you take that to the extreme, if you're not filled, like if you're not filled with excitement, you really can't make excitement for them. So I right. love that gamification for you has made your day enjoyable, your day exciting. You're kind of fired up to go there and try something new and roll something out because you know the kids are going to love it. And when you come with that attitude, like they are excited. They're like, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? I can't wait. Right. Yeah, no, they every day it's, can we know? Can we know? Like, no, we gotta we gotta talk about some examples before you can open your Chromebooks and hop on in and see where we're headed today. So that's fantastic. So let's I gotta I gotta hear a little bit about this game. So you're sixth grade math. Yes. You how many classes do you have? Um, I have two in person and one virtual, but I only do the gamification for the in person students. Okay. So 
for your in-person students uh how how is your game sort of set up like you know walk me through i'm one of your new students i'm just showing up this monday you got to kind of explain to me the game sure yeah so each day so far i've had a new topic so i've had finding nemo i've had inside out i've had wizard of oz um and the very first day i rolled it out with here are the rules of the game before we can start we got to know how the system works mm -hmm. and then from there they took off with it so i have everything set in a google slide and great, great tool yeah i love it i love it and each slide has a key on it and that key is hyperlinked to another slide within the powerpoint presentation so they have to be in present mode in order for the system to function properly and then from there they click the key and they get a screen that has um almost like a clue it's usually a quote from the movie or the tv show or whatever it is so that it can kind of get them thinking like where am I going? What's today going to be about? And then they click the key again and they jump in and it's a screen full of all of the characters that they need to complete for that day. So they click on each one of the characters. So like finding Nemo, they would click on Nemo and Nemo would give them directions for what their task is for mm -hmm. that day. And then as soon as they've finished Nemo, they'll click the key and it'll bring them back to the homepage and then they'd click Dory. So they'd go back through every one of the characters and as soon as they finished, they click the key on that last slide and it brings them to the challenge of the day. And usually it's the exit ticket pulled directly from the curriculum guide. Um, not always, sometimes I do a quizzes, sometimes we do something a little different than that. But they click that and they have to defeat the shark. And so in order to defeat the shark that day, they have to get the question correct. So keeps them moving the entire time, but it also allows me in that time to pull for tier two and pull kids who didn't didn't perform well the previous day or need some reteaching. So it gives me a lot of time to do that. I was gonna say, so this is almost like stations activity, almost like a digital yeah. version of state. Like, so, mm -hmm. hey, you're doing this character. Maybe I'm already on a different character. Yes. Uh, but then that also, like you said, frees you up then to sort of do some cleanup work, if you will, with some students that need either extensions to move further or, you know, extensions to sort of get them up to where they need to be. Yeah. Uh, so this really, the structure frees you up. I gotta ask, do you know about um, the ability on a Google slide, if you take the big giant link, you know, at the top, and if you delete the back end all the way to the slash, like the first word by the slash is the word edit, if you delete all the way back to that and you just type the word present and then copy that link, that link will take people directly into present mode. No, but so, I will start doing that. So I did like, not know that was a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. And uh, I use that in my gamified class all the time because I don't want them, as, as much as I can, I want them to feel like in character or in, a, in the experience. Yeah. And so I love Google Slides, but I don't want them to like see all the slides and then hit play. Yeah, like, I know. I always tell them, I'm like, cover the left side of your screen, hit present. Yeah. So that's really good to know. <laughs> so yeah, you can now on your whatever, your Google Classroom or whatever you use, your, your learning management system, you can just put these links straight to today's lesson and it'll right away be in the, the experience. Perfect. 
Yeah, so definitely use that's that. That's awesome. That's a hidden little trick there. So, all right, so I wanna hear some student stories. So you, you rolled this out. Um, what, I mean, what did they think? Like that, that first day, what do they think kind of the next day? What are they thinking now a couple, a couple of these times in? Yeah, no, it, honestly, their interest level has not wavered at all. I've got them every day, excited to learn, excited to start math, which is pretty cool because yeah. I have students that hate math. They've always hated math. They've never, you know, they're, they're maybe not as good at math as they are at other subjects. It takes them a little while longer to understand math concepts, but I've got them. Like, they're trying, they're working hard, they wanna get through each character, they wanna get through all the levels in order to move forward. And so they're putting forth the effort. And because I then, because it is more student-led, um, I am able to pull them, so I am able to work with them more. And you know, you get the kids that are, I hate math, I hate math, I hate math. They, they just, they don't even wanna participate in math because they hate it so much. And now they're writing, I love math in their workbooks. And wow, that's a turn. Yeah. And, and you see them just answer a question and, and you're like, yeah, no, tell me again. Like, be confident in your answer. What did you just tell me? And then they tell you and then they're beaming. And it's like, oh, it's so rewarding to see that. On it is. It is. So. And I, I love, I think personally, like, if you build the right experience, anyone can enjoy these things right like you can Absolutely. enjoy math you can enjoy science you can enjoy history english whatever it's about building that right experience the opposite could be true as well you build the wrong experience even something you love like i love history but i'm not telling you that i've had all good history classes and all good history teachers and all good history experiences like who there were some boring classes in there for sure right so we kind of know naturally it's about building that right experience because kids could like math class. Kids could like yes. math. Math is just like a giant puzzle. Like, so math in some respects is already gamified. You're already trying to solve for X. Like it's already, it's already gamified. Now, like yes. if we can build that right experience around it, uh, it can be pretty exciting. So your first year teaching here, yeah, first year gamifying, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to hear how your workflow is. Now, I want everyone to remember this when you're listening to this podcast, you know, a year from now, two years from now, we're in the middle of a global pandemic in which we have some hybrid, like her job is already harder than usual, but I'm just curious your workflow. Like, how is that feeling to design a lesson? Because sometimes teachers say like, well, I don't have time to gamify on top of things. And yeah, I, no, it's... It's a lot to gamify. I mean, you spend hours and hours and hours working on one lesson. I told my kids that first day, I said, if if you can't properly handle this system, if you're not doing your work, if you're not on task, if you're not you know, appreciating this, I can't keep doing this for you because it took me you know, two days to do one lesson the first time I tried it. And it's a lot, but mm -hmm. it's a lot up front. And then once you've rolled it out, you have the time to pull the kids. You have the time to do the grading. You have the time to answer more questions. So it's a lot of work before you get there, but once it's out and it's moving and it's working, there's a lot less on your plate. No, I think that that's such a true, I don't know, that's just, it's really well said that I always say gamification is not a silver bullet. Like I have not figured out a way to like put in a little and get a 
ton from our students. Like, right. But I, I also think if we go back to the beginning where you said like you're fueled and excited by it, it's because you see what's happening with the good work. And I can promise you as somebody that is gamified more and more, you just end up becoming, it's a skill itself and you become better at it. You start to think, well, I could lay out a lesson this way. So you're not spending time like, how do I lay it out? Like, you know, maybe the character, you know, like you already got this idea, like, yes, they do this, 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 this. Right. And you'll some, at some point add something to that or change that and have another model. But eventually then like, oh, now you have two different models you can draw from Oh, like right. three different models. And it does speed up. Yes, but it but it will. I mean, you're right. Like it will take time. Yeah, uh, but then and what, I think a big piece of that is pulling students' interests into it. Like if you really tell if you tell the kids, hey, I'm wanting to roll such and such theme or topic out. Where where do you see this going? Like they'll start throwing ideas back at you, and then your work is done because you use one of those ideas, and it's already something they're interested in. Yeah something they're excited about yeah i think too the the planning goes down uh as you kind of develop a wider array of of styles and and, and ways to do it mm-hmm. but ultimately too i mean i don't want to be too cheesy here but i i think on some level the planning gets exciting like when i'm laying out a lesson now let me start over. I hear so many teachers say that like, oh man, like I used to give this kind of assignment and now like the kids just won't do it. So, and then I've lowered the expectation then I've lowered the expectation, like lowered it and lowered it and lowered it. And they're, they're like saddened because they got into yeah. teaching to like have that creative spirit. They got into teaching to like get kids excited. And then they, they saw kids not excited. So what they did is they lowered the bar, lower the bar. Yeah. When you gamify and they're excited and they're inquisitive and they start to be confident and they're excited, you'd actually can go the other way. Like you can start right. to like ratchet up the experience. You can start to make it a little difficult. You can start to make it like you can't do that yet because you haven't unlocked it. And now they're like, there's this drive to like, well, I want to unlock that. And what they're unlocking is just more work. Like it's crazy. <laughs> yes. It's so crazy. But if laid out correctly, that is engaging and they are excited by it. And this to me is where that workload, even if I am still doing it, I mean, like you said, it takes a long time to sort of build out a, an experience. But when that, when the feeling of it being work fades away and it's the excitement of how can I lay this out, that's pretty fun. That's like, to me, whoo. And when you know kids are going to eat it up and kids are going to be like excited to explore and unlock and, and achieve. Well, that's why I got into teaching. Like that mm-hmm. then doesn't become work. That becomes my passion. Right. And it's fun and it's playful and it, and the kids are motivated when they're excited about something, they're motivated to get it done and they're motivated to do it. Well, I agree. So you've you laid see, this see the results. Yeah. The results I think speak for themselves, uh, when they're pretty fired up to come into your class, when they're, like you said, writing in their journal, like that, this, this experience is really cool. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty awesome. So, my next sort of question for you, when when you you said you saw it in your student teaching, you used it, you know, there. Uh, I guess why did you choose this tool, right? This pedagogy. You've you you you've got all these other pedagogies around you. You saw this one in play, but you're a brand new teacher 
like why this one why did you feel the need to grab that tool yeah so i was when i was first told this is how they do it and it's two teachers class 48 second graders i was intimidated i was honestly not as excited about it as i probably should have been just because it was overwhelming to me to think 48 they're all seven eight you know and and it's a i've never heard of gamification i'd never seen it in action i you know whatever and when i first saw it rolled out i was like "Mm, like where's Mm, where's the accountability? Like kids are all over the place. They're doing their own thing. They're like, there's no consistency in this. Like why would anybody in their right mind ever do this? <laughs> and then, you know, over the seven weeks or whatever it was that I was in this placement, I was like, I get it. Like yeah. I see it. The kids are loving it. The kids are being held accountable. You do check in on them. You do check their workbooks. You do have things turned into you that you're looking over so that you can reflect on it and say, I need to work with this kid tomorrow or this kid's got it. Well, how can I motivate them to go further in their learning? Um, I don't know. There was like the spark that you see in kids' eyes and the excitement that you see when they walk in the door every day was something I had never seen in any other classroom before. You know, you get the kid every once in a while that's always excited to come. Doesn't matter what day it is or what they're going to learn. They're excited about being there. But when you see that in every kid every day, it's like, how could anybody do anything else? It's pretty hard to deny, right? Like, yeah, that that moment happened for me. So as a social studies teacher, we do simulations. So when I first got my social studies job and I doing the normal stuff, normal curriculum, and I came across this simulation, I was like, well, I'll do this. Right. And all of a sudden, like you said, everyone's in, everyone loved it. They were learning. I mean, like the simulations typically pair really well with your learning targets. So like then when they had to write about it, like their writing was better because they experienced it. And I mean, it, it's super clear to a social studies teacher that simulation days are the best. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the crown jewels every every time. And then it was like, well, why does that have to be? Why can't we take certain mechanics? Why can't I get that feel on a normal day? And the answer is, you can. We just haven't thought about it that way. Like we just think we've kept thinking about school and teaching as kind of still, even when we talk about 21st century learning skills and all these other things we still kind of run the classroom like a factory. We still kind of say like, we're all gonna do this experience, we're all gonna do this, we're all gonna do that, we're all gonna do that. And all of a sudden the moment where you're kind of like, well, we we could do things differently and you start to look at how you could do them differently you lay that out in a way that's engaging, whoo, then all of a sudden now I'm having simulation days not on simulation days and it was like, <laughs> whoa, they they were just as excited about this and it was really more of a traditional classroom, but it was like done in that more gamified experience. And like I said to you, it's hard to deny that. Like mm-hmm. as a teacher, I, I, I understand the realities. Like I can't change everything overnight. And But once I experienced that and once that light bulb went on, there's no way I could go back. I know. Yeah, I told my kids that I was like, you know, I have not gamified anything for the next module because if it doesn't work, if your scores drop, if things like that, if if it's not working, I 
I don't want to put effort into yep. making another gamified theme or lesson and then have all of this fall flat and I can't use it. And then as soon as I saw it in them, I was like, yeah, I, there's no, like if I all of a sudden one day go back to teaching how I was teaching before, like I'll, I'll lose them. Yep. Like I, they, I won't have their attention. They won't be focused. They'll be gone. They'll be gone. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you got this first unit uh, you've gamified the first unit. We're seeing, we're seeing those results. Uh, have you thought of at all and not that you have to yet like you just started and i don't want to like put any sort of pressure on you as someone that's gamified a lot but my mind's churning with like all sorts of like things you could add but again don't like i tell everyone you can totally start small and it totally works there's no reason to necessarily add a, a bunch but it as you're going to hopefully do this throughout the year you need some twists and turns yeah. And I always tell teachers, even my game, even though I'm 15 years into gamifying, uh, my I still actually follow my own advice. My game starts really small. It really does. Like, even though by the end, there will be lots of mechanics, lots of things happening. I, my game starts as small as yours. Like, we're doing this one little thing. We're walking through this module together. And... You know, they can click this and go do this module and then they can click that and do that module. And that's it. Like there isn't badges yet. There aren't items yet. There aren't like crazy activities yet. It's pretty much we're walking through this in a thematic way. Yep. And so even me, 15 years out, like that's how that's their first unit with me is that. And then what I do is I sprinkle in these mechanics, like maybe next next unit is when they start to get their first items. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, they're starting to turn in for me side quests and they're starting to get their first badges. And, like, so I obviously know all this stuff really well. I could totally do it day one. But to me, yeah. that's overwhelming for the yeah. students. And then there's not buying because they're like, this thing's crazy. He's crazy. But when you sort of ease them in, just like a video game, level one's like the easiest. And you learn to jump and move. And, oh, if I push this button, I swing my sword. Okay. So, like, Get them, get them eased in. So my question to you is, have you thought about that? Like maybe not this next unit too, like let them get, you know, get in it. But are you thinking of ways to sprinkle it in? Because if you're going to do 180 days of this, just mentally, any game needs like a twist and turn or. Right. Yeah, no, in my student teaching placement, they had people record so one of their themes was cars and so one of the other teachers in the district recorded himself talking like Mater and they played it over the speaker system while the kids were working and in the middle of it and it gave them this breakout challenge that they had to then do drop everything and work on this to try to defeat him or prove him wrong or whatever it was so I rolled that out with Finding Nemo and I had Marlon's dad come and talk to our class and they nice. challenged them to an IXL thing. So I'm, I'm planning to roll that out in a couple different lessons. Um, as far as like the XP thing and the cards and stuff like that, Don't that's that, yeah. all new to me. Yep. Um, that was not in my game of it, or that wasn't in my student teaching placement and the time that I was there. So I've never seen that happen, but it is definitely something that I'm hoping I can try to work my way towards. Well, I like that. So like uh, you are adding a mechanic though, by having these like, uh, 
they're called NPCs, non-player controlled. You're having characters in your game, right? So like these people drop in, offer challenges, drop in, offer that sort of plot twist, like, oh, we gotta do this now. Like that is a game mechanic and you're using that sounds beautifully like you're you're going to drop that in it adds that pop of engagement if and when you move to something like an item or a power-up what easy place to start for you lauren is just pick something that you know happens in your class a, a lot like so if if you have them always do a I, I'm not a math teacher, so if like the, if like you always have them, like I'm just thinking back to my math course when I was a kid. Yeah. Like if you have them do some set of like 12 problems or 10 problems to practice the thing, if that happens daily or weekly for you, think about an item or power up that could go with that, right? So I don't know if they're allowed to gain some points if they got 10 of the 12 right, uh, then all of a sudden they're there's an item that like doubles their points right on those math those math sheets or something um so you just take something that's recursive something that happens so for me every unit there's what i call a boss battle it's just a review day i mean that's all it is like i'm gonna have a review day before my test but i theme it out it's a boss battle and then knowing i'm gonna do a boss battle every unit well then i can have some items that work with a boss battle like oh like if we're all boss battles are some level of asking questions and having kids answer questions. Well, now I can have an item that's like skip that group's turn because like you want you're competing with that group. So all of a sudden, like I have an item that I can use that be like Lauren, your group doesn't get to answer this time, right? And like the kids kind of love that, right? And yeah. they, I know that's a good item to give out because I'm not just going to do one review day. I'm going to do twelve review days over the course of the year. So like you'll get to use that, like. So think of things for sure that they'll get to use, they'll see the value right away, um, is a good way to start that. And then also think school, school related things. You could offer something that's like a late homework pass or uh, you know more time on an activity. I don't know if, I, only, I am careful with those because sometimes my activities take the period. I can't, I'm a middle school teacher, I can't give you more time, you have to go to your next class. <laughs> Yeah. But sometimes I word those like on small activities. So when I say you have five minutes to do this, they could play the card that like their group might have seven minutes to work on it or something. Um, but look towards those things that you have yeah. that are recursive that, that happen often. Uh, that I think is the easiest way to begin using items. Uh, I love the items. That are, they're my favorite part of the game. So... I'm clearly going to tell you you should do those, but yeah, you don't like plenty of people don't do anything with items like that's not their thing. Uh, theme is one of the most powerful things in gamification, and that is what you've chosen as your starting platform. So you are you are doing great if that's your start. Well, thank you. No problem. So I I mean we are at uh, reflection time. So I'm going to give you this quote and we're going to sort of spin it to how we talked about things today. This one comes from Buddha. Whew. Let's, let's, let's see what he has to say. No matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Yeah, no, that, that speaks volumes to me because that draws me right to my student that went from, I hate math, I hate math, I hate math, to I love math. You know, she she struggles with math. Math doesn't come easy to her. She's got to work for it. And she went from shutting down, not wanting to work, 
wanting to try because it's always been hard. It's always been difficult. It's it's never been fun too. It's fun. So I want to work and I want to try because I want to get this done and I want to move through all of these things. So yeah, no, that was that was a really good quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's important for our students to realize that at any given moment there is a a new beginning at, on yeah. every given moment and I also think for us teachers we can learn from this quote because sometimes I know you're new in teaching but sometimes teachers like hear a good idea like let's take gamification like they you're maybe a colleague across the hall say like wow that sounds great but then they, they immediately follow up with like I'll take a look at that you know next summer and maybe I'll do that next year and you're like what like yeah you can change your course but teachers are very like and I am in some respects the same way so I'm not trying to shake my finger at teachers like we build systems and then we stick to that system you know like yeah. this is what we do you start a class and you do this and then you do this and then you do this and I'm not changing that till summer you know yeah. and it's like no like every day is a new beginning if, if you want mm -hmm. to try something do what you did you were open with your students guys we're gonna try this I've never done this before and right there just that alone is excitement because these kids yes. are like, ooh, like no matter what she says after, we're kind of <laughs> on an adventure. Like this is a yep. first time this has happened. All right, let's do this. Yep. Try something new. And if it doesn't work, do it again. Be open like you were. Like we're trying this. If it doesn't have results, we can go back to the other way. We could try a new new system, you know, like. And I think there's a lot of a wisdom there that any day could be a new beginning. And this year, because of COVID, things are hard yeah. things are hard but like every day is a new chance for teachers to try something and students yeah. to try something new absolutely well lauren thank you so much for coming on the show uh i'm excited to sort of check in with you so if i can have you on record here say you're willing to sort of come back sometime maybe at the end of the year maybe the fourth quarter third quarter to hear how you're doing uh we would love that absolutely i would love to awesome everyone else thank you so much for listening to well played podcast each and every week we get more and more people listening so thank you if you have a sec you guys can rate it on itunes that would be always helpful and check out the youtube channel for this episode again episode season four episode 27 drop us a comment we'd love to hear it all right everybody take care and play on <laughs>